Hello and welcome back to the Middling Along podcast. I'm your host, Emma Thomas, and today we have two guests, Jill Ross and Sarah Garten. Jill is a managing director at Accenture who partners with global clients, particularly in the retail and consumer goods industries. Sarah is also a managing director at Accenture. Her personal experience of menopause formed part of Accenture UK's Meno Warriors movement, designed to support and educate colleagues and make menopause a core component of Accenture's health and well-being agenda. They have over 700,000 people globally, serving clients in more than 120 countries, and this year became recognised as a menopause-friendly employer in the UK. Welcome to the podcast, Jill and Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. Great to, uh, great to be here. This is a first for me. I've not had two guests on the podcast before. So as I said off air, I'm crossing everything that it's all going to work beautifully. Jill, can you kick us off by talking about how the Menno Warriors group that kind of came into being? Sure. So the journey started um, in 2019, so about five years ago. And there were a couple of things that happened with regards to, I found myself, I was early, early 40s at the time, mm. and I found myself having conversations with friends who were a few years older than me that were starting to talk about night sweats, anxiety, brain fog. And suddenly they were talking about something called perimenopause, which I found myself feeling like I was a teenager again. <laughs> like, was, you what now? <laughs> yeah, right? It was a situation that was like, well, what is this? So I piqued some curiosity also because I work with retail clients retail consumer clients Mm. I attended um, a leadership conference for one of my clients which was for their top male and female leaders and they had the menopause as a topic and they openly talked about it and again it kind of made me realize that this was a topic and a taboo that we don't talk about but yet every woman will go through it so therefore I took the opportunity to say to Accenture which is if we want to be a truly inclusive and diverse organization why was it a topic that we weren't talking about given that we have such fantastic health and well-being offerings conversations for inclusivity and we started a conversation and for world menopause day in 2019 we had a panel and we had a panel that was co-sponsored by myself and also a male colleague because i was very um very insistent that this wasn't a a female only issue It would be a topic that both male and females would open, embrace the conversation. And so we had an event, which was really well attended. And we had Dr. Louise Newsom, Emma Bardwell, and we had Saskia Graville, who shared insights into what is perimenopause and the menopause. And from that, our Menno Warrior community was started. And that's where I met Sarah. And Sarah, you've you've talked, we've spoken before, and you've talked about um, the sort of the impact that that event had on you personally are you sort of happy to to share what what happened yeah yeah no I absolutely am um I, I you know sharing the the personal stories are the things that that really resonate with with that with our group and you know I think I mean the story I tell is I found myself um one day in a client presentation big big sales pitch a really large senior audience I was standing there at the front of the room with all of these people kind of just looking at me and I was mid-sentence I was full flow I was like doing what I do and then I, I mean at, at the time I, I, I just didn't even know what was happening to me but I just mm. completely lost my way it was it was I now know it was brain fog yeah. but it felt like this brain fog just descended and I just couldn't 
remember where I was in my pitch. All I could see was this audience, this sea of faces looking back at me. My chest is tightening just thinking about you standing up. Exactly, yeah. You know, I was struggling to remember some of the vital facts. I was looking around, looking at the screen. I was going, oh, my God, what, what is going on? And 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 just as I'm starting to kind of put pull it all back together again I just had this incredible volcanic I can only describe it as a volcanic eruption of heat um that just just erupted and um I I thought oh my god I'm bright red I'm sweating and I thought that was a, a reaction to the fact that I'd had this brain fog and and you know it was a mortifying experience I was in front of my boss I was up for promotion. I, I was, or sorry, I'd just been promoted. Mm. I, I, I was in front of a prospective client. It was absolutely mortifying. And it's that heat and that, you know, that heat is the thing that stops you having a decent night's sleep. Then you think you're anxious because of how badly you performed in the meeting. Mm. And it's just this vicious circle. And there's only so many times that that can happen before you start to think, well, I don't know what's going on with me. Something's going on with me. Oh, I know. I've just been promoted. Clearly, I'm not capable of doing what I'm doing. I've been overpromoted. I'm out of my depth. I've got one solution, and that is I've got to quit. I've got to go and do something that was that is so totally different to what I'm doing because I I just can't cope anymore. And and that was the situation I found myself in about four and a half years ago. Shortly after being promoted, and that's why I hang it on being promoted was the reason. And I had no idea that what was really going on for me was menopause related and simply reduced hormone levels. No idea that the physical and mental symptoms that I was experiencing were simply down to my body no longer producing estrogen. And it's estrogen, which is the holy grail, right? It regulates your mood, your body temperature, your brain function. So all the things that I was struggling with, yeah, if only I had known. Anyway, as a result of going to the session that Jill and Lee um, set up um, back in 2019, I, um, I was able to listen to Dr. Louise and to Saska and, and, and start listening to people go. And, and, and I suddenly realised that actually what I was suffering from was actually, mm. I was perimenopausal. It was a light bulb then, moment. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely a light bulb moment. It was, and it was a real moment that mattered because... I'm, do, I'm sitting there and I'm working it all out and I'm going, oh my God, this happens to coincide with when I got promoted. And and it was that, you say light bomber, it was an epiphany. And, and I realised in that moment, I wasn't useless. I hadn't been promoted beyond my capability. I was simply a woman in her mid forties who had stopped producing estrogen. And I made the connection there and then in that meeting. And I think probably, and I didn't know Jill at this point, and, and I think at that moment, I stood up, I, I put my hand up because I wanted to make a statement. I wanted to, I, I, I don't know, I felt compelled to say something. And instead of being able to coherently say, <laughs> oh, my God, this is amazing. You, uh, uh, you know, uh, you've just described me. I just I just burst into tears. <laughs> Um, and and actually, I was mortified again because I was a senior woman in a room mm. full of people that I didn't know. And I just burst into tears because I was so overwhelmed with what I had heard and so grateful that what I was suffering from was not unusual. Yeah. It was quite a huge normal. relief. Yeah. And a huge relief. And I was in yeah. a room full of people who collectively and virtually put their arms around me and said, we know 
we feel it too. And that for me was the <laughs> We've light. Got you. That was an absolute moment that mattered because I wasn't alone. There was all these people sat in the room. Who knew? And for me, that was the thing that made me sit down with Jill afterwards and say, hey, look, sorry for bursting into tears in, in your session, but we've got to do something. There's there's a thing here that we've got to do. Uh, and that's 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 kind of my story, really. It's so powerful, though, because I think, and, and actually I was going to um, talk about this later, but maybe it's a perfect time to talk about it, actually. There's so much pressure on women, successful women, you know, getting to a certain point. So it feels like disclosing this kind of coming out in inverted commas if you like as menopausal is quite a vulnerable thing to yeah. do I mean, you know, for you it was a knee-jerk kind of reaction you, I'm sure yeah. you didn't sort of think about it at the time what are the implications for me and my career but I think this you know there is still just you know despite four and a half years on whatever all of the work that is going on to to de-stigmatize it it probably is still quite hard for people at a certain level to to kind of be open and and honest about that but you know you sort of have said that you know it, it hasn't been detrimental to your career quite the opposite yeah um so I, I I was so you're right I had a knee-jerk reaction in that room and it was a safe space to have that reaction mm. the next steps were a little bit more concerning so yes let's let's do something that's what we said Jill and I let's do something let's set yeah. something up but you know I think it's fair to say that both of us were a little bit concerned about you know what impact could this have on my career and, and I know you know you know how how might I be perceived um, I, I, I worried that there'd be a lack of understanding from male leadership, you know, and whilst we do have really good, you know, diverse leadership, we do have, you know, we're very close to 50-50, but I, my personal situation was I had a male boss and I had to start talking about this stuff. What I, you know, I, I think what we have at Accenture is um, the fact that inclusion, equality, diversity, and the ability to speak up without fear of, uh, any kind of you know consequence or retaliation is a fundamental core value that we have so you know and it's not one that we simply pay lip service to and 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 I genuinely thought you know what I I can speak up about this and I can have this conversation in this in this organization because there are routes for me to go down if I do feel that I am being unfairly treated as a result of speaking out and having these conversations and and at the end of the day Emma you know the need to do something and support other women overrode most yeah. of my fears around my own personal career trajectory and all the rest of it. But, you know, it, it, it was, you know, Jill, Lee, starting that group, creating the momentum meant that very quickly we weren't the lone voices and that it wasn't just one or two people standing up. We, we suddenly had a choir of people all singing from the yeah. same hymn sheet and wanting to support each other, which then really gained momentum post the Davina effect and so on and then it just grew from there so um you know my, my career has continued to grow and to my mind has only really been enhanced by the fact that I now get up every day and I have yes I love my day job but I actually have a purpose beyond that's bigger than my day job and that's what keeps me going and that's what keeps me at Accenture and Jill uh, so I've already mentioned that Accenture um, became accredited as a menopause friendly employer this year what does that mean in in practice yeah so um we're really proud that we have become accredited what it really means is that we're recognizing and we're demonstrating that we understand the impact in the workplace so for all our colleagues 
and for, and I would say purposely, all colleagues. So for our women and our men, but during this life stage that women go through, we have an understanding and we have a care for the well-being of our people through the various initiatives, the cultural aspects um, and engagement. We have partnered with Pepe. So we provide a service uh, with Pepe so that, again, we can be informed and educated and supported. And I think that's the fundamental of what we've tried to achieve through the Men and Warrior Group is how do you get education, awareness and support and to normalise the conversation so that such actually people understand. And having had my own experience last year of you know overwhelming anxiety, mm-hmm. loss of confidence, that actually what it is related to and then to be able to have some education and informed thinking to go and talk to the GP and make decisions with regards to if HRT is right for you, if it's not, etc. But just to understand that actually the importance of your hormones in how you think, how your brain functions, your energy levels, etc. And you've talked about um, you had a, a sort of a male colleague involved from, from the get go really with this. How, um, what, what kind of things have uh, Accenture been doing to kind of bring sort of male allies into those conversations? Because as you say, it's, you know, it's going to impact everybody either directly or, or indirectly. And, uh, you know, it, it is really, really important that, that everybody's on board. Totally. And a male allyship for us, again, is a, is a kind of fundamental core of what we're trying to, to um, achieve. And what's interesting is male allies, particularly from a, a lot of our male colleagues and our male managing directors leadership are experiencing this through their own personal lives and their yeah. partners but also what's been really interesting is actually how many of our junior males are wanting to understand particularly again in light of their teams their colleagues but also their mothers and that's mm-hmm. what I think has been really interesting is actually the generation coming through so I have a view so and I and the group board one of our group is how do we create the environment the conversations such that our generation will be able to understand but we have responsibility for the generation coming through so that it is actually a much more educated informed so as women are into into their 30s into their early 40s they understand and aware of what the life stage ahead is and then therefore the male understanding and support and awareness is key we have men who come to the men and warriors groups who literally and it what is again always so heartening and they're very respectful right there's always a case that some men will say are you okay that I'm here Mm. but actually I'm here to listen because my wife or my partner's really struggling or I can recognize in my team I've got women that just don't no longer seem themselves and I just know there's something that's not quite right and my, my view is that the menopause, the perimenopause conversations are what were the mental health conversations of five or so years yeah. ago. And therefore, given the overlap of so many symptoms has been even more so that actually it's not just about the traditional, oh, it's a hot flush. You know, I never had a hot mm-hmm. flush. I'd been in night sweats. I broke down in tears and I lost my confidence. But actually, it's the understanding, which is, OK, what are the symptoms, the 40 plus symptoms that people can understand? And therefore, what are the um potential support or changes that are needed in the workplace okay and in terms of the way in which we do our work but yeah I think I say for the male we still have work to do in terms of the male allyship but I'm really proud as service of the normalizing of the conversation and um yeah I'd say in terms of the you know Lee Walters James who we've referenced he's our co-sponsor he um he's very passionate in driving that conversation as well amongst male colleagues to feel confident to ask the questions as well because I think there's this sensitivity mm. and the, the, the kind of fear of am I going to say something that's not right versus actually them understanding and wanting to support yeah how, how do we we get around that if people are because I think very often we sort of hear from people who say oh you know 
I've got a male line manager. Maybe that male line manager is younger than me. They're not going to understand. So how how does somebody best, you know, if they if they are that male line manager and maybe a bit younger than the someone in their team? So what we we've encouraged is a few things, which is one having the confidence to talk about it and I know that I've talked to male colleagues where actually they have said Jill you're the first person not even my wife has ever mentioned that but actually there is a real empathetic which is and curiosity mm. what does it mean likewise we're very clear if people don't feel comfortable actually speaking to another men warrior and what can we do to support and it might be that somebody neutral or someone else or talking to HR to help have that conversation but Given, as Sarah referenced, that respect for the individual is such a core value for us at Accenture, we are very much that we want to understand that you bring your true self, your true self to work, because that's the way we know that we will get the most and the best from our people, as well as the best um, kind of enjoyment and retention of our people is key. So it's having the, I think they say, with the way we guide people is either having the confidence to have an initial conversation or calling on others. And I think both Sarah and I regularly, and Lee as well, get contacted by women from all across our business with regards mm. to I'm just not feeling myself you know I've had one this week somebody is you know clearly that I just can't stop crying can we have a conversation and therefore how do we become men warriors who are within the business that people can talk to to then have a support a guidance mm. but also a help with regards to what are the resources that are available for them to be able to then take advantage and to be helping themselves as well as as an organization helping them and I think you you've already sort of referred to the sort of psychological emotional side of things which I I I think in in many ways is harder to to kind of deal with in in the workplace Um, and very often you know can be confused with other things you know especially if somebody is under a a huge amount of stress whether that's home or or at work Um, what are sort of practical ways of sort of supporting people who've got those sort of you know loss of confidence the imposter syndrome the overwhelm what what are the kinds of things that that you have found to be impactful supporting people there um so for me personally i did a series of cbt sessions that really helped me Mm. um so cbt sessions as well as we always encourage just the self-help there's there's lots of books there's lots of podcasts and just sharing stories I think what's been really helpful as I say Sarah's story and then we have now been promoting which is by having the human aspect and people sharing of stories that people can relate to and to understand oh it's not just me and that kind of community spirit and of helping of each other yeah, that community spirit really comes through when, um, so the Menno Warriors get together once a month for what we call Menno Pause, with the emphasis, capital letters on the pause. <laughs> good. And it is literally a an hour every month where we get together. And uh, some, some months it's literally coffee, cake, chat, virtually. And um, yeah, an opportunity for people to ask questions get feedback from others people have tried different things whether it's cbt or Mm -hmm. some remedy from holland and barrett or people are talking about their experience of hrt but just knowing you're not alone exactly back to that you know you are not alone there is a a a group of people who get you Um, and then in other months we will invite our health care provider and peppy to come along um, to talk about, you know, and provide a more, let's just say, more clinical approach to, because uh, because we're not, 
you know, obviously we're not experts in, in men. No, you're not diagnosing medicine. people and, exactly. and prescribing them HRT. So it's really good to get um, Peppy to come along. And we, they'll do everything from menopause 101, everything you wanted to know but never dared ask, right through to specific topics like menopause and weight gain and things that you can do and nutrition and supplements and core weight training and all, you know, lots of different subjects. And sometimes, you know, menopause and sex and libido and testosterone all the, everything and, um, and and through those groups we can then every month signpost people to the provision and the support that is available which mm. is significant and that brings me nicely thank you on to my next point so uh, someone's listening to this they might be thinking well it's all well and good for Accenture they're a huge global organization with budgets to match any advice on what smaller companies with smaller or sometimes you know no budget frankly can do to to make an impact we're really proud that actually we use no budget for the first few years we, mm. we weren't given any budget but actually it was a group of people coming together male and females cross-functionally I think that's really important as well it just needs we always kind of encourage which it just needs one person to start a conversation yeah. It's starting those conversations, which cost nothing, but are providing the support for people to then understand and be educated and to use the resources that are available. As I say, there's lots of books, there's podcasts, etc. Great podcasts like yours, Emma, right? Which is helping people to understand. And therefore, within a small organisations, we're very much around how do we just, um, how do those organisations and all organisations recognise that their talent is important? Given that one in four women think about leaving but actually one in ten do leave in this career stage or this life stage which is typically one of your most the most senior leadership positions and I think therefore for me it's a societal opportunity but also a business impact diversity inclusivity retention of talent is all what all organizations are, are needing and wanting to do because they know we all know that in Inclusion, diversity and diversity of thought leads to better business results. So our encouragement will be to all organisations, large and small, to start the community and start the conversation and help to say to understand the impact in the workplace and make those adjustments as needed, but also help their women to be able to take the resources and to have the conversations with their GPs or or others as needed to help them get the support. Because as I think Sarah said, and I always say, which is we hit 40 and our hormones decline. Who knew? But actually, that, those hormones are so important to how we function, how we feel, what our kind of mm. you know, day-to-day lives are, and therefore yeah. our ability to do our jobs when actually we're at the peak of our lives and actually the peak in terms of our opportunity in the in the workplace, typically. Yeah, it, 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 it's a sad irony in a way, isn't it? It's like if, if, we've, if we go down the sort of having children routes, the sort of they're getting to a point where you know, that part of things is falling away and then suddenly we're presented with this or... Exactly. I think, Sarah, you're, you always talk about Sarah 2.0, right? Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, the, the, the Sarah that the, the, before the Jill and Lee session uh, and then going through the metamorphosis and taking the actions I needed to take uh, to, 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 to help myself. Um, and some of that was HRT. Some of that was about lifestyle changes. I do feel like I have emerged out the other side at completely the right time. My kids are both grown up, I'm an empty nester. Um, I feel younger, fitter, slimmer, and more on it than I than I did prior to that. And I've got none of the, you know, none of the challenges of having dependent children anymore. So it, it's all, I genuinely feel like I've gone through a metamorphosis. It's, it's incredible coming out the other side. I think, I think it's also about aging well. And that's the other thing we talk about, which is about actually how can we age well? And particularly, I mean, for me personally, I've got dementia in the family. 
and I observe with regards to hence right and, and I look and what's interesting that you know two-thirds of dementia um, patients are female and mm. then it was for me then reading in terms of the impact of estrogen on the brain for me it was like okay what what do I want and can I do to help my brain help my my bones and that aging well and understanding the impact given that I say we're all living longer and we want to have a quality of life in how yeah. we live longer it's as well. so far reaching isn't it and there is yeah. there is so much that we can do you know either alongside HRT as you were saying Sarah or if we choose not to go down that path or there are reasons why we can't kind of go there and I think that's a big part of what we're trying to do on on the podcast is is sort of talk about all of those different sort of levers that you can pull or tools in the toolkit whichever however you want to think about it you know it's not just a kind of HRT or no HRT oh, kind of binary yeah, I, I think it's that it, I mean, that's what I love about our menopause chats, the, the sorts of things that people say, oh, I do this and it really helps. I mean, I've got I've got a lady in the northeast that goes and cold. She, she mm. goes and swims in the North Sea every day in a, in a in a dry suit. But she says it has been game changing in terms of the way she feels about herself. It helps her regulate her temperature. Brilliant. Um, and then, you know, we, we just get all these brilliant little ideas and people try them and that and that sense of community that sense of belonging really helps people understand that there isn't just one answer to this to help you get through it we're i think generally in the uk we we you know we haven't nailed it we haven't got all the answers but we're, we're quite a lot further ahead in these conversations and especially in terms of trying to tackle sort of the taboo in the workplace but as a global organization what do you see in terms of sort of different cultural challenges in different countries and you know any sort of particular things that are working well to kind of help kind of get other countries into the conversation again i think i think it's the, it's been the catalyst of it needs the one two individuals in the countries so it's it's, it's really fascinating in terms of the cultural um, mm. um aspects so we our colleagues in Philippines and India were probably one of the first. And again, given the number of women we have in our workforces, it's important for all our geographies and all our market units. Likewise, there's a Menno Warriors group that's been established in Australia. And we're delighted that our colleagues in the US are actively starting the conversation. Um, and we know that Europe's about to start. So our encouragement is is a twofold, is that clearly we have a um, global health and well-being is key in all we do. We do have a chief medical officer, chief health officer, Dr. Tam, um, within Accenture. Um, And we meet with her actually regularly on a quarterly basis to share what we've been doing in the UK um, and to inform the other uh, geographies. And as I say, we're very much, which is, it needs the spearheading of just a couple of individuals like Mm. myself, like Lee, like Sarah did in the UK, which was to have the confidence and to start the conversation. And that's all it needs to then get a catalyst of many others and we recently published um, Dispelling the Myths on a global awareness, a global newsletter and what's been really fascinating again is all the geographies so you know people from the Nordics etc go actually what can we do in our in our geography so um, yeah I think Claire, um, so and I have a, a real ambition which is how do we normalise this conversation globally and as Accenture we have a great opportunity given our size and our scale and our reach both for our own people but also for our clients and the impacts and what we do um, across the globe 
Mm. Do you get clients that you work with coming to you and saying, I see what you're doing over there. How can, can you help yeah. me to do that? Definitely. In my do, do you know what, what's been fascinating for me is actually um, male clients. I had, a, I had a LinkedIn pin from a former male client. And obviously, again, I think we all use LinkedIn to post and all the rest of social media, etc. But I had a male client re- write to me in LinkedIn just to say thank you. Thank you for sharing because it's helped me be able to have conversations because I knew that things weren't right with my wife. Um, so, yeah, I think um, I think everybody's on the journey. Everybody recognises, and I think you're absolutely right, with UK has is, is leading the way in normalising the conversation and other geographies are recognising it. But to me, and, and it's what we talk about all the time, is our strap plan is smash the taboo. Why is it such a taboo? We need to smash mm-hmm. the taboo so that we feel normalize the conversation and for people to have the um, confidence and support that's needed at this point in life is there i mean obviously you see every day the kind of the impact on a personal level you're talking to colleagues um you know you're going along to these events is there is there sort of a measurable impact in terms of sort of retention or performance that that the accenture is actually looking at as part of this so um, as we, so we, we inevitably every year we're at this time of year, we're planning for the next financial year. Mm. Um, and um, as, as part of our planning for, for the Men and Warriors group, um, we, did, we conducted a survey of, and not just of the Men and Warriors group, but, but across our UK base. Um, and we were, because we wanted to understand the impact that we're having and what more could we do. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, a couple of the key stats that came out of that were really quite heartening. So one was that 80% of the workforce know about us. They've heard about the work that the men and warriors are doing and the support that is in place. And even more heartening that was that more than 60% said that the, that the impact of the things that we have done has made them want to stay at Accenture. Wow. which is pretty incredible stuff really and and just makes us feel that yes we're on the right track and you know there are the, is there more to do of course there is there's a lot more to do there's a long way to go and this is not a static group of people that stand still we, we, we get new members all the mm. time as people start to tick into you know their their late 30s early 40s and start experiencing men- perimenopausal symptoms so one of the things that we've realized is that we have to just keep on doing the same you know some people will have heard the 101 thing five times but that's okay to keep on repeating that because new yeah. people come in and, and 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 it never ceases to amaze us how many people go oh my god this has just been the most helpful conversation i've had this week or <laughs> creating all of your own light bulb moments for, yeah, for exactly else. <laughs> we're creating light bulbs all over the organization for sure yeah we, we are just planning at the moment again world menopause day so this will be our fifth year of celebrating world menopause day and one of our areas of focus this year, though, will be ethnic groups. So mm-hmm. what we're trying to do, look at, again, the intersectionality. And actually that we know that perimenopause and menopause for ethnic groups is different as well. So, again, we're focusing on that as our activities during the week of the 16th of October to, again, just be able to educate, to share, to inform women of all, all groups. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're just kind of in the throes of planning that. And that was, I think, one of the other things that came out of the uh, the survey, the intersectionality of menopause. I mean, it, it literally cuts across all of our other accent on groups, whether it's LGBTQAI, whether it's uh, the ethnicity groups. Uh, and, and increasingly, there's a conversation happening around the impact of menopause on people who have been diagnosed with ADHD. 
fascinating yeah, again to, really, it is fascinating. really fascinating <laughs> um and so you know we're finding that there are little pockets of people who are who are looking at this through a slightly different lens and you know certainly everybody's journey is different and you know it's it's it's, it's truly an education for jill and i every week <laughs> Do, have you had any kind of backlash at all so, so the, the interesting bit is when we started the conversation, when I initially started the conversation in 2019, I'll always remember two comments. One, you're too young to be talking about the perimenopause, menopause. And the second one was really interesting, which is, well, you don't want to talk about that. That'd be a reason why you're not as good as, we well, could be deemed women, not as good as the mm. men. But I have to say that, you know, and again, so knows the history here, which is I didn't let that stop us. And again, that would be my advice and guidance to any other colleagues and women out there in other organizations is, you know, don't let that put people off actually it made us have the sense that said actually no we need to open the conversation it is a sensitive topic right Mm -hmm. some for some people they don't want to talk about it and that's fine but for others it is that informing it's the informing and awareness that is oh that's why I don't feel like myself oh that's why I've lost my confidence so yeah I mean the case which is for some people as I always remember that you're too young well am I too young? No, I'm not. <laughs> but equally, I say it, it's the sensitive, it's the sensitivity um, aspects. Yeah. Well, I think that's a brilliant pace to, to draw it to line. Jill, uh, Sarah, thank you so much for your time. I know how incredibly busy you are. And so I'm really, really grateful. Um, I think there's loads of great takeaways from this whether someone works for a global organization or or an SME that, that you know with six people in it there's 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 always something that that we can do to kick off the conversation and actually I'll link again in the show notes here because the BSI has just brought out their fantastic uh, guide to menstruation menstrual health and menopause in the workplace which is a, a free resource for for anybody to that can go and uh, get hold of that and it is uh, yep. got loads it's of it's a great really starting point for sure thank you Thank you. Speak to you Thank soon. You. Thanks. You've been listening to the Middling Along podcast. Do remember to subscribe to be notified when our next episode is live. And why not visit the blog at www.middlingalong.com to sign up to my newsletter as well. I do hope you enjoyed listening today. If you did, I'd be really grateful if you would consider leaving a short review as that helps people find the podcast and helps get it noticed. Hope you can join us next time. Goodbye for now.